month or so ago, we're going to talk about our vision as a church. Right? So I've got some stuff I want to hand out. So there will be some teaching in there and there will be some stuff for us. But this is really going to be a conversation about us as a church family for twofold. I want you to read the document in just a minute I'm going to hand out. And two things, I want you to read it and tell us if we're doing a good job. (laughs) Because the crazy thing about vision in the church world is, is so many churches, they put their vision out there and then they don't do anything that looks like their vision. Have you ever been a part of, come on, this will be, have been a part of places like that. That's never my heart to want to do that, but I want us to to review it. We haven't covered this in a couple of years. Like it's probably been two, maybe even pre COVID before we covered the vision of the church. So the Lord just with so many wonderful new faces coming in. Uh, I wanted to just take time and make sure everyone understands what the vision of our church family is, where we're headed, why we're headed there, all that kind of stuff. So please then number one, look at it tell me, am I doing a good job? Are we actually doing it? And B, talk about it, talk into it. Ask questions about it. If it brings up anything, this is going to be uh, times when we gather together for clarity. So if you want clarity on something, please ask questions. Does that make sense? Everybody good this morning? Yes. Yes. Amen. So, Lord, we love you so much. So grateful, Lord, for your word. So grateful, Father, for, um, Lord, vision and the vision you have for us, the vision you have for us as a church family. And, Lord, just help us, lead us, guide us in this. In Jesus' name, amen. And amen. Before we get too deep into it, I just want to say this. We were out, uh, say thank you to everybody that came and helped at the Appersons yesterday. It was awesome. Uh, if you want to know more, you can come talk to uh, those that went. The place is amazing. Like we've been there before, but it just keeps getting better and better. And it's going to be such a useful uh, tool for us as a church family. Uh, just for, if y'all know what it is, Rick and Janice Apperson, um, so they retired. So Rick, <laughs> so they retired to 260 acres on Lay Lake with a 19-suite conference center with a pioneer village, a, a true old Alabama historical village that the Alabama Historical Society moved. And I forgot to ask Rick where from they moved it from one part of Alabama to there. And so there's a ton of potential. It's got a six-acre lake on it as well as Lay Lake and about, I forgot how many hundreds of feet of shoreline. So it's going to be a great place for us to do uh, men's events, women's events, family camps, father-son camps, all of that kind of stuff. It's just really awesome, and it was great to just be able to sow into them. Uh, We were very honored as a church family. They let us dedicate it, which I thought was a huge, I was not expecting that personally, that they actually asked us to dedicate it. And so we have to speak words of, of life and prophecy into the place, and um, and it's just powerful. Uh, and so, so thank you all very much. We're going to be doing more of that throughout the coming years because there's going to take a lot, of, a, a lot of work. It sat empty for five years. Is that what they said? Five or so years. It had nobody in it, so there's a lot of love and care that it needs. Uh, but it's going to be very, very, very awesome. But I say all that to say this. Thank you. But the other part is, is in the afternoon I was fishing with Kurt around the pond and uh, I got my best fishing story of my life. I'm, I'm so excited. Uh, it was very, very cool. Uh, we'll see if it fits anywhere today, but if not, you can ask me later. Um, but it was very cool. But I was just sitting there and I just wanted to say this. I am so thankful for y'all uh, as I was praying while I was fishing just within my own heart. Um, what I'm thankful for and what God said, thank, thank you for being a people of victory. And that really came strong inside of me for each and every one of you guys. Uh, now, and what that was is not that we don't face challenges. Because as I've gotten to know each and every one of y'all, all of us, all of our households are facing challenges of our own. Yeah. Right? Unique, different, all kinds of stuff that might be going on in our own homes and lives and families. But y'all have an attitude towards victory. Right. And, and God was saying, hey, make sure that they know that you see that yes. and that, that that's not common. Right. Yeah. So we don't take it for granted. And we, I don't tell you, we don't I do not take it for granted. Selena, I don't take it for granted. But I just wanted to just say thank you all for being a people of victory. Yes. Amen. Because so many church people these days are people of victim. They're victim minded, yes. not <laughs> not victor minded. That's right. 
but just thank y'all for being a people of victory. Amen. So very, very grateful for y'all for that. And so just know that the Lord sees that. Um, he was talking to me all around the lake as I was fishing with Kurt yesterday. That was just rolling around over and over in my heart. Um, let's just let that grow. Amen. Amen. Let's just let that keep growing and getting bigger. Amen. So go to Proverbs chapter 29. And I'm going to set some things up and just kind of to do a pathway for this morning. I'm going to set up a couple of thoughts uh, and paint a little bit of a picture. I'm going to hand you each family a document that, uh, and I'll tell you what this is. It's a living document, meaning that the, the document I'm going to hand you has been growing and developing for, well, here for five years, but in Selena and I for... 20-something years, right, um, and stuff. And I, we're going to take time and let you read it and go over it. I'll make highlights of things from it, but then I want to have a conversation about who we are as a church family, but I really want you all to talk as well. Does that make sense? And what you all see, ask questions, do whatever. Uh, Josh does have a microphone for the sake of the recording, so if you have something, we are going to hand you a microphone, please, just so that it can be heard on the recording and it can be heard by anybody watching on live stream. Does that make sense? Amen. Proverbs 29 verse 18, probably a very famous verse that many of us have heard, especially whenever a pastor comes and talks about vision. It says where there is no vision, what happens? It says the people perish, right? But happy is he that keeps the law. My new King James says it like this, where there is no revelation, the people cast off restraint. Right? They cast off restraint. Who, who's got a different version here? Passion. passion. What's passion say? Oh, microphone. Hold on, microphone. Josh. Sorry. All right. All right. No, we're going to get used to this. Yeah, new, new things. When there is a clear prophetic vision, people quickly wander astray. But when you follow the revelation of the word, heaven's bliss fills your soul. Oh, very good. I like that. We're going to have to post that in the group meet if we can. That'd be awesome. Anybody else? Any other version? Kurt, what you got? The easy version. The easy version. Give me the easy version. I like it. If God, I mean, if people do not hear God's message, there is no law to control them. Very good. If there is no law. Anybody else? Yeah. Yes. <laughs> Sorry. Uh, uh, Barry Bennett was talking about mm-hmm. the Old Covenant, Old Testament. He said, Do you see the law? Or you see your. Yes. He said, We're in the New Covenant, but it's, it's His Covenant. Yes, that's you right. Look at when it says the law, you think of His Covenant, what we're in now. That's exactly right. It's not right. like a legalism. That's exactly right. Yeah, no, that's very good. I was, I was going to get there, but thanks for going. No, that's perfect. No, that's great. I'm glad to see we're all tracking. Again, when you read that, it says, happy is he that keeps the law. Uh, for us, he's not talking about the law of Moses or the Ten Commandments or having to keep the law of the Old Testament. I like to, anytime I read that in the Old Testament, I put in the word, he that keeps the Bible. Yeah. He that keeps the Word. Again, he that keeps the New Testament, the New Covenant. Right. So again, I won that and I was going to get there. We might as well jump there now. Notice what it says. Happy is he. Now, listen, I, I, I don't want to get sidetracked. You know, there's a whole ton of verses that tell you how to be happy. If you'll just do a Google search, ask Pastor Google and go verses about being happy. You'll be shocked at how many verses that come up. And it says things like this. Oh, you would like to be happy. Here's how you be happy. Happy is as happy as the man whose God is the Lord. So there's tons of instruction about being happy. And here is one of them. Happy is the person who lives, who keeps, who abides in, who obeys the word of God. Amen. Keeping the word of God is the pathway to happiness. Hallelujah. Aren't you glad about that? Amen. But let's back up. It says, but where there is no, and I love here, revelation. And what that means where there is no, you can sit down, pull Josh, you can have a chair. Back. You're ready to go. Josh is ready to go. Is, uh, and we're going to have fun this morning, okay, as we always do. So please, where there is no revelation, where there is no prophetic revelation, prophetic vision, where there is no 
imagination from the Holy Spirit. No picture from God. It says, then we cast off restraint. I love what the, the Spanish Bible says it like this. Donde no hay revelación, la gente se desenfrena. Which just means they live life without breaks. And that's that word disenfrena. Have you ever been driving down the road and lose your brakes? Anybody ever had that experience happen? I had it happen once. My mom and I were driving and my mom had a 1976 mint green Lincoln Continental Town Car. Thing with the, we called it, Kevin and I, we were friends back in those days. We called it the tank, right? And um, it was like, well, I think we measured it. It's like 20 something feet long, 26, 27 feet long. It was a land yacht, right? You know, it was seafoam green on the outside and dark Kelly green leather interior. Ugly as car on the planet. That car was ugly. Oh, man, it was ugly. We, we, we could put the whole youth group in the, the Lincoln Continental. So, and a couple people in the trunk. I did that once, but we won't talk about that. Um, but, <laughs> but anyway, so, um, so we're driving down and we're driving down Arkadelphia Road. They're going towards Warrior Jasper. You know, Arkadelphia Road, and there's Cane Creek Baptist Church that's right there on the right. Well, we're going, we're coming towards Warrior. We're going down Arkadelphia Road, and the brakes go out on the tank, right? And, and mom's pumping, and all of a sudden, she goes into high-octane praying in tongues. You know how mamas do, right? I mean, loud, aggressive. I mean, she's there, and the brakes are out, and we're careening down. And, and only by the grace of God, because we're coming to that T intersection with Walker's Chapel Road. And mom does like the best fast and furious move ever. She, she, she does like this power thing where she slides and she does this complete U-turn and hits the entrance into Cane Creek Baptist Church. You know, there's two ditches on either side. And she threaded that sucker like a needle and pull in and we coast up to a stop and all that kind of stuff. And that's what Solomon says life is like without a vision from God <coughs> where there is no Holy Spirit motivated image for your life and I look that comes from the word of God it doesn't come from pizza <laughs> right it doesn't come from hooper super hooper whatever I'm trying to say hyper I was trying to say hyper Pentecostal experiences doesn't come from sensationalism. Doesn't come from hyper spirituality. It's not extra biblical. Come on now, there's a lot of people that their visions are extra biblical. If you went to them and said, Show me your vision in the Bible, they could not. They could take you to a prayer meeting, they could take you to a Holy Ghost service, they could take you to some stuff, but they couldn't take you to the Word of God. I'm not talking about that. I'm talking about when God reveals to you and to me the vision of our life from the Word of God. Yes. All right. Mama. Courage, son. Listen. Yeah. Consider with your mama. It might be help everybody out, okay? Love you. Look, hurry up. Let's, well, no, no. You just need to move right now. You don't need to come on in a second. Thank you, buddy. Yeah, and you don't need to ever take your shoes off in church, okay? Thank you. I love you too. All right, does that make sense? But whenever vision exceeds the parameters of the Word, you have to be careful. Yes. You can't build your life on that. Yeah. Are everybody okay? Yeah. Amen. But what we know is from the Word of God, we can expect... God to give us a vision for our life. Now, again, I'm going to share with you what has been the growing vision of what I see in our church family for a number of years. But I wanted to also add to this, but we all need that for our own families. Yes. 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 Say, say that again about vision should never come to the word. So, so vision should never be exceeding the word of God. You may have some things that come. I've had words of God. I've had people come up to me and they've prayed and I do believe by the spirit and they have prophesied over me, right? I've got them recorded in my phone and I do visit them regularly in my time with God. Does that make sense? 
But I don't put as much weight on that as I do what I've seen God show me from the Bible. That's right. Amen. That's good. Amen. That's right. Does that make sense? Amen. I know. I think we covered. Yes. Yes. So a couple weeks ago you said finding yourself in the work. Is yes. this tying into that? This is tying into that. Absolutely. Well, let's go back there. So I, I showed you. I'll go to Ezra again and I'll show you mine. I'll show you mine. And again, please, I, I try to talk about what goes on in me so I can paint a picture for you. I hope you all hear that. Yeah. I am never in any time ever wanting to talk about what God shows me to somehow... Say, look at how awesome I am. Does that make sense? Yeah. Amen. Why don't y'all just help Brad out? Say, Brad. Brad. You're just real normal. You're just real normal. Amen. And so are you. And so is what we're talking about. Does that make sense? So finding yourself in Scripture should be very normal. And part of what we're talking about here, Alicia, is that is tying into once you find yourself in Scripture, from there, God will, from Scripture, paint pictures of what your life will look like. He'll begin to paint a picture of you from Scripture. Right? And He'll begin to draw out an image of who you are, and He'll begin to show you, and it is prophetic. It is the highest form of prophecy. And let's say that out loud. Scripture is the highest form of prophecy. Does that make sense? And anything back to what kept, and anything, now my other things that God has shown me through different people, all of them tie back into what I see of myself in Scripture. And that's important. None of them are odd. They tie back in there, but I leave them out there like a branch. Does that, does that make sense? I don't build my life on them. They're out there. I'm aware of them. I look at them. I go, thank you, God, for them. I watch them bloom and do certain stuff. And I'm like, yay, God, you're pretty stinking cool. Yeah. But when I come back to, Lord, what am I going to do today? And especially when I come back to, Lord, what do I need to do in this moment? What do I need to do in making a decision? What do I need to do in, in, in charting the course of my life? I come back to what he's shown me about myself from the Bible. Does that make sense? Is this new? Let me just ask this. Is this new thoughts for anybody? And you can just raise your hand if this is like, Brad, this is, I just thought we just, it was Jesus, Brad. What happened to Jesus? You know what I mean? Hey, listen, if this is new, that's okay. Let's walk it out, ask lots of questions. But also if it's new for you, know that you're beginning the journey. Yeah, good. Right? This year I turned 50 years old in just a few months. Right? So I, I turned 50 in September. In four months, that's right. But this that, I, that I'm talking about, this has been growing in me for 20-something years. So that I say this to say this will be a, a, a lifelong thing for you and I. And God will add on to it, and he'll add on to it, and he'll build upon it, and he'll show you things, and he'll confirm things, and it'll grow. So I say that to say if this is new for you, don't in any way feel like, oh, man, I'm, I'm late. You're not late at all. Right, you're just, just keep going. Amen. And for those of you that have had maybe some of this experience, amen, be very exceedingly thankful and go, okay, God, now what else? Because there's more. Does, does that help? Does that make sense? Okay, yeah, back to Ezra. Now I've said this before. Ezra chapter 7, verse 10. For Ezra had prepared his heart to seek the law of the Lord and to do it and to teach statutes and the ordinances in Israel. And it says on down, and therefore the copy of this letter to King Artaxerxes was given to Ezra the priest, the scribe, who was an expert in the words and the commandments of the Lord. Guys, listen, that, that's me. Mm-hmm. How many of you, you can see that? The, the, that somewhat looks like me. Yes. And more and more. And you, I read then, I told you, I read through Ezra's story and I realized he was skilled in the word of God. Ezra's heart was one where he said, Lord, I want your will, your way. Right? Ezra had an ability to gather the people that were needed. Ezra had an ability to assign and grow leaders. And Ezra had a heart to restore people to proper marriage and family life. Yeah. 
Because that is, that, yeah. that is no more defined my life than if I'd have sat down and wrote it. Yeah. <laughs> Does that make sense? Yeah. And I say that to say that's what, is what we're talking about. That's vision. So again, so when I look up and I see people like the Appersons, it's easy for me to say, yep, I'll come help you. Mm-hmm. Why? Because it so fits inside the vision of what I know for myself, it's easy to say yes to. Yeah. So when we understand our vision, that revelation of the Holy Spirit, of who we are from Scripture, man, it makes uh, decision-making really easy. Yeah. I mean, like super, super, uh, I'll just tell you more stories. So Selena and I, you know, we met at Rama Bible Training Center in Oklahoma. We met at Bible College. So we're there, and, and kind of my journey and this kind of stuff is, is when we first went to Bible College, uh, we just, we were starving, right? <laughs> we, we, we was po. We, we didn't have the other, we didn't have the second OR, right? I mean, we, we were just po. And uh, so we were there. So I started, I made decisions when I worked at Walmart because they said they'd pay me so much an hour. And I said, Awesome. And then my friend's workplace said, we'll pay you a dollar an hour extra. I said, awesome. See you later, Walmart. Yep. And I jumped ship in a heartbeat. And people were like, oh. yeah, I said, I could have worked at Walmart at home. Yes. Yeah. I need to make money. And these people wouldn't give me more money. Then the nursery across the street said, we'll pay you a dollar more an hour than the second place. I said, sold. <laughs> I'm in. And then God opens the door for me to work at the church at Raymond. They said, we'll pay you less than all three of those other places. <laughs> and I said, awesome, I'll take it. <laughs> Why? Because it hit my vision. And that time we're getting ready to get married and we're working as waiters uh, and waitress at a, at a, I call it a redneck high-end restaurant. It yeah. was a white tablecloth redneck style because it was white tablecloth on a plastic patio chair. And it, it was funny. And so we were working, but we were making tips and doing stuff to go get married. Well, they love Selena. And so they came up and they said, hey, listen, we'll pay you $100,000 a year to come run this place. No. Does that make sense? And, and you know, and we didn't have to pray about that. Didn't have to go to prayer and say, God, is this somehow your will? You're trying to bless us. No, we looked up and said, nothing like the vision. And you could have offered me a million dollars a year. Nothing like the vision. Does that make sense? So God, I say this. I want to help you know God's vision for your life. Because A, not only is it of eternal importance. But in this life, it's like what it said in Proverbs. When you know the vision, you have breaks. Right? Because breaks give you the ability to say no to the right thing. Breaks give you the ability to add to the direction and guidance. Most Christians today, the reason why they struggle is they have no breaks. So things show up and they just go for it. Because again, it's got the right dollar amount on it. Right. Or it came with X, Y, Z, this or that or the other. Remember, Ishmael looked really good at the time. Right. <laughs> <laughs> Y'all remember the story that Abraham yeah. and Sarah, right? If you other know, so Abraham was there. God promised Abraham a miracle born son. Mm-hmm. It yeah. looked like it wasn't happening real well. Looked like it wasn't going well. And so Sarah had the idea, well, here, here's Hagar, my servant. Why don't you sleep with her and she'll give us a child and it'll be that one. Because it looked like it was taking a while. Mm -hmm. Right? And all of that looked really good at the time. But it wasn't the vision. Does that make sense? Guys, listen to many, many times in life, the, 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 the promise seems to always be preceded with an Ishmael moment. Come on, are you with me? That, that, that's a, it's a re- repeated pattern in history that we're waiting for the promise. We heard God talk. And all of a sudden, the devil is like, oh, this looks pretty good. 
This looks pretty good. This looks pretty good. Why don't you try this? And trying to get us to buy into an Ishmael moment. But when we understand the vision that God has laid out for us, it's easy to spot Ishmael's. Because you know what the promise looks like. Is this, is this helping anybody this morning? This okay? Alright, so, if I can get some help, please. Then let's pass these out. One per family, right? We've got enough for like families, I think. So you said if you know the promise, yes. the vision, yes. it's easy to spot the issue. Yes, it is. So if I think about Abraham, and I guess the intimidating part is, you would think he would know what the vision is. Well, you would think, right? Absolutely. I guess in the New Covenant, though, us having the Holy Spirit, it's like more confidence. Oh, absolutely. Well, 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 the Holy Spirit, there's all, but even though, let's go back to Abraham, right? I mean, again, and I'm not trying to throw any patriarch into the bus. And also, Kurt doesn't know. Not joking. Well, let's talk about so. So God told right, so Abraham and Sarah, right? So Abraham is living in a place called Ur of the Chaldees, right? So Abraham is living in a place. God chooses Abraham to be the patriarch or the great great granddaddy of who we now know as the Jewish nation or Israel. Right? We know why God chose Abraham because he says so in Genesis. He says, I picked Abraham because Abraham would instruct his children after him. So it wasn't because Abraham was a super duper. It wasn't because he had great stalwart character. Because he did. Right? right? It wasn't all kinds of things. It was because he had a heart that God knew this man will talk to his kids about me and his, his relationship. That's right. And he'll disciple his children. And that's why God picked Abraham. Because Abraham had the heart to pass it on. Right? So in that, God calls out. Now, but here's the instruction, right? God clearly says to Abraham, Abraham, you and your wife only get out from your family, get out from your homeland, and leave, and I'll show you where I'm going to take you. So Abraham knew exactly what he was supposed to do. But Abraham, like so many times we can do, Abraham goes, well, I'll take mama and daddy and my favorite nephew Lot with me. And God, like God is so graciously do, he says, okay, I'll, I'll play. I at least got you moving. <laughs> and so they go, and then along the journey, Abraham's mom and dad die. And they're buried. Along the journey, God is still blessing, right? They get so big and so numerous and so prosperous that Lot and Abraham have to part ways because it literally says they got so much livestock, the land cannot carry them, right? So Abraham, and again, this is just to paint the picture of Abraham's dysfunctional family. So here's Abraham, right? Abraham goes, all right, Lot, I'm going to be a good guy. I want you to pick, right? You go one way, I'll go the other way. If you go to the right, I'll go to the left. If you go south, I'll go north, right? And so Lot looks up and goes, man, all the good land's over there. I'll just take that. Yeah. And left Abraham with the desert. Yeah. It's literally what happened. And so Abraham left, and, and you'll see this. And the moment Abraham came to a place where he was fully obedient, God spoke again. And said, now that I got you where I always wanted you, this is what I'm going to do. Wow. Because listen, does that mean, this again, it's why obedience is so important. Mm-hmm. It's why obeying is so important. Not because God's mad or upset. Because all along the way, man, God's just being awesome like God always is. And he's just blessing them, taking care of them. And he's helping them kick butt over here and do this over there. And God's just... But when Abraham finally came to the place of the vision and said, okay, God says, all right, great. Now step two. Now this is, so even when they come to Ishmael, they knew God was clear. It will be with her, Sarah. I'm going to do something miracle between you and Sarah. They invented the idea of Ishmael, but they didn't have to. It was clear. 
Listen to me, guys. I got if I can say anything to us at all, I have to because we've been told such a lie about God. Right? How many of you have heard this and said, Well, God's, you know, he's just this mysterious dude, man. You ever heard of that? You just never can tell what he's gonna do. He's just as liable, he's just as liable to strike you dead as to bless you. Come on now, anybody else you heard that about God over the years? You hear somebody, you know, you just there because he's he works in mysterious ways, right? And you just never listen, God is not like that. God is clear. I don't know why I'm speaking Spanish. Mas claro, no canto un gallo. I mean, a rooster can't crow any clearer than God. I mean, think about Jesus' first coming. Right? Big choir of angels. Yeah. <laughs> Shows up and people see. Star in the sky for two years. Yeah. Quite the entrance. Right? Hundreds of people travel over those two years and show up in Jerusalem and cause all kinds of bedlam because they show up in force as an army. And they were called, you know what the Magi, you know their other title, you know what the Magi were called, right? Their title was they were kingmakers. Wow. That was their job. They watched the stars, they read the omens, and they put kings on the throne. That's why Herod freaked out when they showed up because the kingmakers rolled up in force. You know, they rolled up into town, right? And they rolled in and said, where you at? We've seen his star. Where is the king of the Jews? So God is not mysterious, y'all. He is very, very clear. Amen. All right. So take a moment, if you will. I handed every family a, a document. I'm going to give you about a minute to just read over it and look at it. And again, this, this paints a picture of, of who we are. And I want y'all to have time because I want y'all to talk into this. Mm-hmm. So, and just as you're reading, the first page speaks of our vision as a whole organization, all the Life of Faith family, Irondale, North Campus, what we're doing in Jasper, what we're doing in Gunnersville. This whole document, the first page, speaks to our organization. When you go to the second page, you see us, the North Campus, and and because we have the privilege of of being the ones who are spearheading what's happening in Jasper and in Gunnersville, this will also be seen very much there as well, right? The only thing I see here that I missed, and it's in the document, I think it, this document came from my phone. I've got an updated one on. Is where it says, who's leading us? There is a line for Audra that has been added because she is very much leading us as well. So that is not an omission. That's just, I didn't realize I had the older document. Anybody need more time? We good? All good? Any initial questions or things that jump out? Thank you. 
Yes. Yes. Absolutely. Well, that's one. And again, and that's why we have on the back wall, if y'all read, that is one of our core values is to hear the voice of God. Right. That is one of the things that that we I especially I am most committed to helping you with is know that you can and know how to hear the voice of God. So it makes sense. Now, Josh, you raised your hand as well. Yeah, so one of the things that, I, that immediately stands out to me is that we're not building uh, one entity. That's exactly right. That we're building people and trying to activate their gifting. Yes. Which is how the Bible lays it out. Amen. Yeah. That's, ex- that's exactly right. Yes. So to me, that's key and fundamental to our you know, division. Absolutely. No, absolutely. And that will always be wherever I go till Jesus comes back. Right, Paul. I just want to say that's why the church is so far behind is because this should have been established. Yes. Absolutely. No, absolutely. I'd agree. In many cases, it is why the church is behind. It's many reasons why it is why so many local congregations uh, live in a constant state of danger. Right, because we build too much stuff around singular persons or places. Right. And it and it can cause issues, right? Yes, sir. Well, I, I don't really have uh, anything to say about that, but I just keep going back to the verse. It always reminds me uh, where I think the church should be. Yeah. And it's Acts two, uh-huh. forty-one. Perfect. Very good. And it just says so. Then those who accepted the ladies were baptized, and on that day about three thousand were added. Devoted themselves to the instruction of the apostles and to the fellowship, to eating meals together, and to prayers. I, and I just always keep going back to that. That's right. I feel like that's what we're doing with the Gunnersville and yeah. Jasper and yes. here. And if we're growing so much more because we're not just constantly here, we're going to people's houses. That's exactly right. And talking and eating and fellowshipping. Amen. Very so good. I, that's what I see when I see the vision of our church and that's what we're doing. Absolutely. You know, I believe that we will continue yes. continually oh, yes. keep going to people's houses and growing like that. And that's what Absolutely. it says, uh, activated, uh, it says uh, motivated into significance and sincere relationships with others through spirit-led acts of service. Yes. I would consider that like weekly meeting at people's houses. Yes. A, uh, it's a spirit-led Intentional, yes, like that we had talked about at some point, like being more intentional as we grow to know, go to so and so's house, absolutely, and this group get together and eat, absolutely. No, in smaller numbers, amen. Very good. What's well, cool, and I love hearing that because we're getting there next. Y'all, love, y'all are tracking. No, no, this is this is just so y'all know, this is I, I, I go fishing, right? I know where we're going, but I also fish, and I like to see it when we all bite together. It means we're tracking together, right? Uh, uh, Brother Hagen did a great job, and I'll teach you what uh, he called it, the process of discovery. So what Brother Hagen would talk about is, is Brother Hagen had a, a great godly, but he would pull out a thought and show it to you. And then he would hide it, and he would just start telling stories. And, he would, and many people thought he was senile. He was like grandpa. And, he was, and, and you finally tell people, hey, listen, the message is in the story. And if you'll pay attention, and he did that on purpose. He taught us that as ministers. He said, show people, then put it away, and then just talk around it and about it and let the Holy Spirit lead them to discovery. Because the moment they discover it, it's theirs. If all I'm doing is giving to you what I have discovered, then all you'll have is what I know. But, but when I can help you go through a process of discovery, now the revelation becomes yours. Yeah. D- d- does that make sense? Yeah. When you tell a story, we think of our own. That's exactly right. That's a good. It's good. It's good. Thank you, Kurt. That brain science, too, though, because like, what I do for a 
Yeah. And it sticks with them. If you discover something on your own, you're more liable. Absolutely. Absolutely. Isn't that cool? It's been studied by scientists, so it's cool that yes. preaching is Absolutely. Well, now you understand why the Bible is more a collection of stories than it is a collection of direct teachings. Yeah. Right? So anyway, that's all free. That's all extra. It's all good. How we do this? Okay, I know this is, uh, may seem like a strange morning. Everybody good? Is everybody doing okay? Everybody happy that we're talking about this? Yes. If not, we can talk about something else. Everybody good? Everybody good? Any other? How we do it? Now let me ask that. So two questions. So how are we doing? When you read that document, do you actually see what we're doing? Yeah. This morning, every bit of that is already came to pass. Absolutely. You almost need a new vision because all done So remember, so, so it's vision is like is like a flowering plant. It will bloom continually, right? And that and part of that kind of stuff too, at least, and not that. I know what you mean, and I appreciate that, but it is. You don't actually need new vision, just like you don't need a new rose bush. Because if you'll keep cultivating the one, it will bloom through your whole, and through different seasons, it will bloom and it will always express. It's actually how, how do I know that I've found the vision of God? It rarely changes. When you run into people and they've got a new vision every second Sunday, yeah. right, or, or, or every year, right, it, it seems to be, that, then I personally go, woo doo I get little alarm bells that go off and go, I, I don't think you know what God's asking you to do. Yeah. You're, still, you're still searching. You're still trying. Yeah. Because when you, when you find yourself in Scripture and you find the prophetic vision of God from Scripture, it anchors your soul and it gives you longevity in life. Oh man, it gives you purpose. It gives you duty. It gives you vision. It helps you do. I mean, it's like a rose bush. It, it blooms and you're just so excited. You know, we have the, nobody ever goes outside and they see the rose bush and goes, well, stink, it's blooming again. (laughs) I wish that thing had stopped blooming. (laughs) <laughs> but but every time you see and you go, oh, wow, look, there it is again. Oh, wow, look, there it is again. Oh, wow, look, there it is again. And, and you learn to grow and cultivate it and prune it and guide it by the Spirit. Guys, listen, then it gets richer and richer within you and you become more and more profitable and valuable in the kingdom of God and the kingdom of men. Amen. Th- th- does that make sense? And I say that, and I'm going to come back in. And so, is this all good? Yes. So, I want to do this as introduction. We're going to talk about one thing and get us going. We're going to go for about another 10 or 15 minutes, and then we'll, we'll let everybody go. Through the summer, I'm going to unpack the vision from the Scripture point. Okay. So, again, we have a lot of people coming and different stuff. Whenever it's my turn to speak, um, we're going to... Um, we're going to, I'm going to speak on this direction. Is that okay? So you know what to expect. Please note between now and whenever you can ask me any question you want. As always about this. You can ask for clarity. You can ask for what does this look like. You can do, I'll tell you all that I know. And if I don't know, I'll tell you I don't know. Does that make sense? Just, just to be fair. So on those kind of things. So we're going to come back into that. But I come back to this. You guys realize that God's vision hasn't changed either? Do you realize that Jesus' vision hasn't changed? Yeah. He wrote it in Matthew chapter 28, and he wrote it in Mark chapter 16, if you want to go there. And then we'll go to Acts chapter 2, where Kurt, by the Spirit, picked up we were headed. Go to Matthew chapter 28. And I say that because, again, I love what Audra says when she says this. She goes, Dad, why do so many churches have so many different visions? I said, that's a great question. I don't know. She goes, well, Jesus gave us our only vision. I said, yep. So even when we talk about the uniqueness of who we are going to be as Life of Faith North and anything else that Selena and I and anyone else is connected to, 
uh, that would count yourself as part of that. Does that make sense? Uh, it all goes back to the only vision we actually have. So Jesus said, Matthew 28 and verse 18. So Jesus came and spoke to them and he said, All authority has been given unto me in heaven and on earth. Verse 19. Go, therefore, and make disciples of all nations. Baptize them in the name of the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit. Teach them to observe all the things that I have commanded you. And lo, I am with you always, even unto the ends of the age. So here's this. So what is Jesus' vision? Go and make disciples. Who's, who's, who's supposed to go? Me. Very good. Us. That's right. That's right, me. Does that make sense? But listen, don't lose yourself in the us. Be a part of us, but don't lose yourself in us. Too many believers today lose themselves in the us. They lose themselves within the greater vision of their church. What do I mean by that? Is, is, well, like this, it's, uh, I was uh, a number of years ago, we just moved to Alabama and I'd made a friend and, and he was there. He, I think if they still go, they go to a rel- relatively well-known church and we were talking about stuff and he goes, well, yeah, you know, Brad, my church, we did X, Y, Z. I said, you did. I said, so what'd you do? And that stuff. What'd you do? How'd you? And I wasn't trying to be a smart aleck on purpose, right? I mean, sometimes I do it by accident. Uh, but it's, I, I, said, I said, so So what'd you do? So, okay, great. The church went and did X. What'd you do? Well, the church went and, kept, well, the church went and did. I said, okay, that's awesome. What'd you do? And he goes, well, I didn't go that day. <laughs> I said, oh. I, I said, well, didn't you give or anything? Else? No. I said, so you... Didn't do anything. And he goes, I guess when you put it that way, I did. <laughs> and I looked at him and I said, this, I said, listen, son, I said, don't lose yourself in the us. Yeah. It's, it's like, y'all heard me use this now. It's like, again, I was so glad. Went fishing with Kurt yesterday. First time I got to go fishing with Kurt. So we're trying, we're doing some stuff and the Holy Spirit kind of illuminated my mind or reminded me of some stuff and I put Kurt up with a, with a bait, right? And Kurt caught the biggest fish of the day. It's on Facebook. He, was, he caught the biggest one. He throws it out there and catches this fish and it's going good and we're doing that. But Kurt actually went fishing. Yes. Yeah, instead of watching the kids. <laughs> instead of watching kids. But listen to me. But many times in the church world, what happens is, is this, is we watch other people fish. Yeah. It'd be like if Kurt went with me yesterday and Kurt was with me and I'm fishing, but Kurt's just standing there. Yeah. Yeah. And we're talking and he's with me and he might even pass me some pliers or pass me a worm or he might do. But if Kurt doesn't have a pole in his hand right. and he's not actually casting and overcoming and, and losing baits or getting hung, which he didn't do that. I'm just using, you know, but I mean, that's an analogy, right? He's out there. Kurt actually went fishing, right? So even though I love that we have a corporate mentality, we cannot lose ourselves in the us. Because God told me to go and teach the nations. We do it in Instead of like going to the neighbor and speaking. Yes. Us, we just That's exactly right. That's exactly right. No. Uh, well, and, and you've heard me say this before. We need the mic. Thank you. If we pass you the mic, did do it for the recording. Yeah. So no, you did good. Thank you. If we pass you the mic. Yeah. He was. She was done. So we're we're working on. We're getting better at all this. And it, we do it for the sake of the recordings. Is the is the reason why. But you've heard me say this before. Jesus gave you and I the great commission. In the modern church world, we've turned it into the great invitation. Yeah. 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 It's not the great. It's called the great commission. Yeah. We've turned it into the great invitation, which means it, I actually have trained myself or other people to believe if I just invite my friend to church. Yeah. If I just invite my family member to the thing, if I, I have participated in the gospel, 
and you haven't yet. It's like saying, I went fishing, but all I did was is, is I went in the boat. And I, does that, I'm not trying to be mean. Does that make sense? So, so I'll say that to say that everything we talk about with our vision as a church, your vision as a, as a family or as an individual, it is all going to run to the root vision of the church. And the root vision of the church is how is my vision taking me out to make disciples? How is the vision of my life, what God is the picture he's painting of me, how is that moving me to become a disciple maker? How is that moving me into the nations of the earth? Right? Because if my vision is not moving me in this direction, if it's not drawing its life from the root of the Great Commission, I don't actually have a Jesus vision yet. Oh, we do. Oh, absolutely. Uh, I, I feel like everybody that comes here puts into our church. It absolutely. You feel proud. Absolutely. Amen. Like, I don't feel like anybody just comes to church and then leaves. I feel like we actually absolutely at some point in time do something. Yes. It's very good. Absolutely. No, I and Kurt, I absolutely wholeheartedly and totally agree. Amen. And that's why I love our church family. Does that make sense? But as you look at that, I'm just painting that picture as you help yourself and you help others. Because part of discipling is you're going to help other people find their vision. Part of discipling is you're going to help other people go through this process that you're going through. Right? So that's part of why we're teaching this as well. Then Mark chapter 16. Are we all good this morning? Everybody doing okay? Somebody says, I'm trying to not apologize a lot. I know I over-apologize when I teach. So all you loving people have been correcting me, and so I'm trying. But every now and then, throw a pastor an amen or something or smile or let me know you're with me or say, you can go next. If you don't like it, you go next. Next. <laughs> next message. Next. <laughs> huh? Uh-huh. Go ahead. Next. So whenever there is a spiritual principle that when you give, you receive more from that yes. gift, right? And so that, that applies to money, right? That applies to all kinds of different things. That's why blessing the ministers in your life mm-hmm. with something material is amazing. And we all have different ministers in our life, okay? But that principle in operation here means that as you as as we're giving and you're giving back with okay i just received something i'm going to vocalize that i received that then all of a sudden there's an exchange the moment the exchange happens uh more of that anointing is activated yes so we don't say can you please say amen to just help brother out Although it does help a brother out, right? <laughs> but the moment, if, if you're receiving something and you vocalize it, you're not just vocalizing it for our Approval, sake. Yeah. You're actually vocalizing, God, I received that. Lord, thank you for that. Wow, I needed to hear that. Oh, thank you for clarifying that, Lord. Very good. Oh, thank you. Amen. Amen. So be it. Okay, what you're doing is you're making an exchange. You're saying, Lord, I needed to hear that. You just faithfully gave that to me. And I'm acknowledging that you have faithfully given it, given it to me. And by that acknowledgement means that you're now applying it. Yes. You're working with it. You're now handling that truth. Right? And so when we just sit there and we're quiet and we just absorb things like a sponge, there's actually no activation to the word you're receiving. Because we receive it and it's wonderful, but then we walk off and we received it. <laughs> but the moment you activate that that you just received with vocalizing it, putting breath to it, you actually make that seed come alive in your life and you're now sowing the word yeah. in that area. And so I do want to help us as a church family receive more um, fruit from what we're hearing by activating it, by engaging it with our words. Yeah. And so amening is not amening the pastor. 
what you're actually doing is amending that revelation God is giving you, and you're saying thank you to yeah. Him for what you just gave me. I receive it. I'm going to work with this. I'm going to handle it. I'm going to sow this word. I'm going to uh, allow it to bring fruit in my life. Very good. Right? And so I love you. Thank you. And, and you're doing a great job. Awesome. And when we hear back from everybody, we're like, okay, this is actually resonating with our heart. And so we're going to keep going in that direction. Yeah. And, and so yes. I'm just helping you out well, with I appreciate that. Well, appreciate Thank you. Does that make sense? Does that help? Yeah. And, and, and it does help. It helps me know, any other minister knowing. And, and here's the other thing. And you're also getting ready for when it's your turn. Yes. Yeah. yeah. I just let that one sit there for a second. Everybody say, yay. Yay. Because <laughs> one day, it's going to be your turn to be here leading us. Yeah. Or another group. Or another group. Right. But, but I even say this here because I, I need you to understand to paint the picture of that. Because what's my job as pastor? My job is to make disciples and to get you ready to do what? The work of the ministry. And what's the work of the ministry? The Great Commission. And what's the Great Commission? And Matthew chapter 16, verse 15. And Jesus said to them, Go into all the world and preach the gospel. Now, who, who's, who's called to go into the world and preach? All. Oh. Me. Everybody say, about, me. Everybody say, say, who's called to go into the, the world? Me. me. Don't lose yourself in the all. Right? <laughs> but you, me, we are called to go into the world and vocally, publicly, out loud, with your voice, preach the gospel. Yeah. Huh? Amen. And that's what I'm here to get you ready for. And I know some of y'all are looking at you. I know my, uh, I, I sign up for that. That's it. it's, not, it's not my thing, Brad. That's your thing. You know what I mean? Well, you don't have to go up there and preach to go preach the gospel. I can go and preach at yes. smaller groups. Sure. Absolutely. 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 You can go to the smaller group with your coworker. You know what I'm most excited about in Kurt, though? Because this is what I also know. The more you do it and you're faithful in it, it's astounding. Yep, see you guys. Love y'all. Uh, oh, you need money. Sorry. They leaving. They got to need money. There you go. Have fun. I'm handing everybody money. One day. Hey, I'm looking forward to that. We don't like 10. I love it. That's awesome. Praise God. Hey, but but you're so listen, guys. As you do, like Selena said, our response is, and this is, and, and I need you because I know we talk about sowing and reaping principally with money, and that's not wrong. But we should understand why Jesus connected them, because Jesus said money is the least. Yeah. Money is 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 it's so far down. On the totem pole, it's underground. That's right. Right? It, money is the least. He says, so therefore, if you capture the understanding of money and how when you give and the offerings you give as the Lord prompts you to give, you sow and you see blessing and money and finances return. Jesus said, when you understand how to do that, now I can trust you with the real riches of heaven. What do you think that is? The revelation of the mystery of Christ. So what happens is, is I'll give you, I'll cure, I'll give you. You're going to preach to your coworker, and you're faithful to preach, and the word grows. And not only does it grow in them, it grows in you. But you sow it into them, and the next thing you know, the next time you're talking, it's two people. Yeah. It's three people. It's a half a dozen people. It's a room full of people. Why? Because the principle works the same. Mm -hmm. yeah. 
It's actually the principle on the money side was to teach us and inspire us to understand the real side of yeah. what this is for. That as I sow, and as I sow what God shows me. Again, I'm going to make a statement here and then we'll get close to land and we'll go. I love and I so appreciate. Many of you guys have done it. Many people all over Arizona, they came and did it. And I'm... And I don't always know what to do with it. But I said, man, that was amazing. And what you shared was astounding. What you, it was just, wow, how did God... And you look at me, I just shared the itty-bitty bit I knew. I've just shared it for 20 years, and I'm amazed that every time I share something that God shows me about Him, He just shows me more. I say that to say, don't be amazed. Because it's just what happens. Yeah, it is. It's just the way the kingdom works. You share more of the revelation of God, and God gives you more revelation of who He is. Amen. And you share more of that, and He shares more, and you share more, and you get quite excited Amen. to go, here you go. And, and it's like the loaves and the fishes, but with the revelation of the Word of God. You, you pull out your two little crackers and sardines of Jesus, and you go, here, I'm sharing with what I know. Next thing you know, at the end of the thing, they hand you 12 baskets of revelation back. Yes. And you're like, oh my gosh. Yeah. Does that? Yeah. Yes, that's right. But see, that's, so everything we do anchors us back to the only real vision of the church. Which is, church, we are to go into all the world. And we are to verbally declare what we know about Him. And we are to take our life and make other followers. Does that make sense? And then everything branches out from there. Everything we're going to cover in the weeks that are coming about who we are as life of faith, they tie us back to that. Right? So as we unpack more of this, I promise that with all the love and gentleness I know how to bring, I'm going to be pressing us into the Great Commission. Amen. Does that make sense? Yeah. I'm going to be pressing you. I'm going to be pushing you because that's my job. It's also my great passion, but it's also why I'm here. Does, does that make sense? Yeah. But it's all based on that. Amen. So, Lord, we love you so much. Lord, thank you for your word. Lord, thank you for entrusting us with the Great Commission. Again, I just, as, as we close, I just want you to imagine that again. You've heard me say this before. It bears repeating. How many of you think that what Jesus did was relatively important? Yes. How many of you think it was really, really important? Yes. Then I want you to meditate on this thought this week. And he trusts you with the most important thing of all creation. Because he, in these passages we've read, Jesus took the work that only he could do the most important work of all. And he says, I trust you with it. And like the loaves and the fish, he blessed it. He gave thanks for what he was doing on the cross and in the resurrection. And then just like that day feeding the 5,000 and the 4,000, he then took it and put it in your hands, put it in my hands and said, now will you go break and share it with those? Amen. But he trusts you. That blows my mind every time I think about it. He trusts me. He trusts me with his work. He trusts me with what he did. So much so that he, he is solely invested in you. For your world, you're the only vision God's got. <laughs> for your world. Isn't that amazing? And Lord, we say thank you for that. Thank you for counting us faithful and putting us in your ministry, the ministry of reconciliation. Lord God, I pray that those that are hearing, those that have knowing of the vision you have for their life, that Lord, they would continue to cultivate it. 
for those that are here, this might be new, a new thought or an idea for them. I just thank you that beginning today, you are, you are bringing out from the Word of God into their heart your prophetic vision for their life. Lord, help me know as, as one of the pastors here, help me know how to lead us even further into the vision you have for us as a church family. In Jesus' name.